Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for This Podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I'm the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I'm here, as always, with partner in mission, great teammate, Mary Guilfoyle. Mary, welcome to the month of May. Can't believe it. It's, it's May your month. First. I know. It's the month of Our Lady. Well, it's not, <laughs> not in month. my it's month. Mary's it's the month, month of for... Our Lady. A beautiful month. Amen. And uh, an appropriate month for us to bust open this topic. Huh? What is our topic yeah, today? Absolutely. So our topic for today, Father John, is I had no idea. Ooh, I had no idea. Can't wait to break this open. Let's pray first, shall we? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we just uh, surrender this time to you right now. We ask for your Holy Spirit to anoint this conversation uh, and in a particular way that it would be uh, a source of inspiration and encouragement and perhaps even conviction uh, for those of us who might need to uh, do a, a better job, a more intentional job of praying for our brothers who are priests, of uh, encouraging them, of doing what we can to come alongside them so as to help them be the men that we desire them to be and that you've created them to be and that they want to be. And so we just ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, we're, we're into May and for um, many dioceses, if not um, this month, certainly the beginning part of June, we're going to be getting to the time of ordinations and whatnot. And so that's a, a great moment and uh, in most dioceses. Unfortunately, here in the Archdiocese of Detroit, we don't have anybody getting ordained this year. So short little plea for um, and maybe those eligible men who might be listening in the Archdiocese of Detroit. We need you. Like, we desperately need you. In fact, Archbishop Vigneron's just called for a year of prayer. He has. For uh, vocations. We have uh, a million Catholics or so in the Archdiocese of Detroit. And uh, we've been watching um, our brothers get sick and suffer and struggle and um, and at least this year anyway there are no reinforcements coming so may God and his kindness raise up an abundance of men and let's pray for uh, uh, harvesters to come forth uh, into the vineyard right but it, it I mentioned that, uh, that that actually was was I was intending to say but it, it made me think of a um, you know I was I was pleased to get a number of younger priests newly ordained priests to come serve. Uh, at different parishes that I was at over the years as pastor, just because they were typically larger parishes. And I can remember one guy, he came home one time. It was the first Saturday after uh, ordination. And uh, it had been his first time in a confessional. And so, you know, he'd done practicums, but a practicum's a practicum. It's not real, you know? And so uh, we happen to be in a place where, I've always been in places actually where there's been lots of confessions and uh, so I think he probably spent, I don't know, three hours in the confessional and he walked into the house. I'll never forget this. And he just kind of collapsed on the couch. And with this like stunned look on his face, he says, I can't believe what I just heard. And then he just kind of, you know, stunned again, looked at me and said, how do you do this every day? Father John, I'm curious to know, what was your response to this new associate? Huh. <laughs> I think I said uh, something along the lines of, brother, you get used to it. and mm. uh, Which is probably a lousy response, you mm. know, in retrospect, because um, what I really meant was you, you get used to living in trauma. And, uh, and what we're seeing, right, and I think here's the topic, this is why we're talking about this, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a priest of 26 years this month. And, um, you know, I, I get the life of priesthood pretty well, both from my own perspective, as well as having the opportunity to, to walk with brothers, oftentimes, whether it's in direction or counseling. And uh, I, I know what we go through and what's going on in our lives. And, you know, you and Nick and Albert and Rick and our team uh, over these last, you know, three plus years, I think you're getting a, a glimpse behind the curtain in a way that um, maybe you didn't have before. Isn't that accurate? Boy, how much time do you have, Father John? <laughs> um, let me just let me just back up by saying, so here we are, July 1, we're going to be embarking on our the beginning of our fourth year. And so over the last three years, we've prayed with easily or been with in, in a retreat uh, uh, setting with easily, I think, closing in on 2,500 priests. Right. And oftentimes, you know, we, we have the opportunity to be uh, in a place, a unique place of ministry. Sometimes it's the ministry of presence where you're just sitting with our brothers and, and, and um, gifting them with um, attentive listening, more or less. Yeah. And then, you know, serving them in prayer ministry. But before I go into that, I just want to remember, like, when we were first praying about what, what it is God was calling us to do in this ministry, um, I think we all knew that long before we could come alongside pastors in parishes to help them um, get organizationally healthy and get a team and have a vision for their parish, which was going to require a lot of hard work and, and so necessary but a lot of hard work. But we knew that before we asked them to roll up their sleeves and do that hard work of getting clarity around why their parish existed, that we need to pour into them like crazy, that they were hurting. But I don't think any of us I had any idea. You perhaps did, Father John. I did, because I was living it. Um, but I don't know that we did. Um, I think I think we did and we didn't. I think we obviously knew there was a profound need there, but over the last three years, um, I am more and more convicted of the need uh, to continue to serve and to pour into and to pray and to fast and do whatever it is we need to do for our brothers because as we minister to them, and sometimes we, we pray with them uh, seven hours you know, yeah. let, me, um, let me just jump in real quick on that because I, I don't think people often get it. I mean, they wouldn't. I wouldn't anybody know what we do when we're with guys unless you're with us. Um, when we say you guys pray with priests, and it's always lay folks, right? And wherever we go to whatever diocese, you're praying with them. And it's not just like, hey, I'll just say a quick prayer with you right now. I mean, it's it's extraordinary prayer. And the, the easiest way to explain it is it's it's analogous to confession in the sense that guys are oftentimes coming up and they're just kind of vomiting all over you, aren't they? And and I it, um, so and the and and the reason that's possible is, is the is the tone that we set when we step into a place of retreat with priests, and uh, we're extremely vulnerable. You're extremely vulnerable, and that first day where you're breaking up open the gospel, I share uh, very deeply about my own life, how God has healed me. So. We like to say oftentimes that vulnerability breeds vulnerability. And so right. immediately, um, priests have a sense of that they can trust us, that they're loved, and that it's safe. Yeah, because these guys are real. Yeah, like, like these guys are real. They get it. And yeah. if they can be that real with me, we're giving them permission to be real with us. And real they are in the most beautiful and profound um, 
uh, and holy way. We recognize yeah. that we're that we're standing on holy ground. And to your point, it's not like we're saying, "Oh, Father, you know, I just know that we're going to continue to pray for you." No, we step into a place where we're standing before the throne of God's grace on behalf of our brothers. And as they bring their needs before us, we pray with them before the Lord for extended periods of time for yeah. deep, deep healing from this trauma, Father John, that you were just talking about. Yeah, and and I don't think that most of us sitting in the pews, some might, but I don't think most of us sitting in the pews have any idea what the life of whether whether it's a priest who's thriving and is just doing great, or a priest that might be in crisis and is barely surviving, what their lives actually look like. Look yeah, like. And, and I think we say oftentimes, you know, it, it's worth just restating, but you know, clearly the 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 battle is marriage and family. But as the way we often say it, but everybody knows that, <laughs> you know, like what people don't know is what's going on in the lives of our brothers uh, who have, you know, like walked away from everything out of love for you to serve you. Right? That's exactly you know? right. And who, oh, by the and, way, are, you know, are constantly uh, available, you know, um, are making themselves available in, in, in places like the confessional where they typically encounter the same people saying the same thing time after time after time after time. And, and, they their, pa- and their patient does not run yeah. thin. Yeah. Right? So, well, sometimes it does. I mean, at least I know it minded. But um, but so the, we, we, we say all this at the beginning because we want to encourage people in this uh, month of May to maybe consider doing a few things for our brothers, right? So what, what is it we want to ask? You know, uh, I think especially on my heart, given the month of May, and Our Lady is the mother to priests, that maybe we all become a lot more intentional about, first of all, praying our rosaries, but intentionally praying for priests, and all priests, your, and, 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 and in a particular right? way, the pastor and the associate pastors that are serving at your parish. Yeah. And I might even say even something practical. So, so prayer is always a given, right, Father? But also, in a particular way, do something for them. And maybe the easiest thing to do is to maybe stop complaining about them. Yeah, because that's be, what we yeah. do. That, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, we uh, our words are so careless you know, we can hurt each other so easily. And, you know, I know in, in my life, if I'm honest, my words have hurt others as a priest and the devastating impact that that can have on somebody. But boy, let me tell you that the the opposite is true as well. And we just, you know, as a culture, we love to complain. And unfortunately, the church looks like the culture and it sounds like the culture. And so, you know, the, the way I might rephrase this is stop talking about them and start talking to God on their behalf. And and what can I do to come alongside them to help carry their burden? And some and and we've all been given supernatural gifts, charisms, right from the Lord. And He's also given us natural gifts. So perhaps pray about what can I do to come alongside um, the priests in my parish and to serve them. Yeah. So and put so, my gifts at their disposal. Yeah, I like that. So so an initial thing, right? That we're just kind of encouraging people is one just you know, bite your tongues, you know, all of us, priests and lay people, but let's bite our tongues and let's let's be uh, careful with the speech that we say about each other. Let's really be praying for one another. And here we're asking, um, you know, lay brothers and sisters in parishes. I don't know that people really do pray for their priests. I mean, some do, but I'm not sure that we all do. Like, I don't know that I always, you know, like we're supposed to always pray for the bishop and I always name him at mass. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I'm honest, like, 
I can do a much better job of just like going and standing in the gap on his behalf. I mean, that's, that's just right. me as an example. Mm-hmm. So if, if that's me and I've given my life to do this, I'm sure there's some lay people who probably aren't necessarily intentionally praying by name for their pastor or I would agree with that. And I think part of it too, I think we have unrealistic expectations, Mm. you know, from them. And so it's so easy to like be short with them and go, but isn't this what you were ordained for? But you look behind the curtain, if you will, and you see priests who are working 14, 15, 16 hours a day. Some of them aren't taking their day off and they just give. And many of them have not only two parish, but sometimes three parish. Yeah. and a school and a nursing home and then and and it's just more and more and more yeah. so most of us don't have a clue what their was what their response yeah and, and you know maybe i'm overly sensitive but i can imagine you know some of our married brothers and sisters with kids you know like i'm thinking of some friends of mine with six seven eight kids and they're like well let me tell you what my life's like and it's like oh i totally get this this is not a competition you know like i i know husbands and wives are just pouring themselves out and are exhausted the biggest difference is someone's there to pour into you as you're going through this. Bingo. And, and oftentimes, nobody's pouring into our brothers. And sometimes that's because I don't ask anybody to pour into me. And, and Father John, to that point, oftentimes our brothers are coming home at the end of the night after 14, 15 hours, and they're alone. Yeah. Because some of our brothers, some of your priest brothers, aren't living in community anymore because because vocations are as limited right now as they are and they're coming home to an empty place alone yeah that's a bad place that's huge yeah, it's that a recipe a huge, for disaster oftentimes you know right okay so pray for them be patient with them you know uh maybe uh maybe as well you know just a plea to encourage uh your pastor or your associate you know i'm thinking of a guy we were on mission one time and one of the priests was hearing us talk about this and he says oh my gosh he says let me tell you a story he got moved to a parish and he had saved all of the complaints <laughs> that he received in the first six months and all the thank you notes that he got. This and I think done. he had two thank yous. Amid how many? And 7,000 complaints in six months. It was astonishing. I and remember so, that. you know, maybe, uh, maybe just an encouragement. You know, I, I'm thinking of a guy right now in a particular way who used to write me constantly at a parish that I served at some years ago. And sometimes, um, I mean, the writing was always uh, kind. It wasn't always what I wanted to hear, but it was always kind. Right. You know, so sometimes it was, hey, appreciate that. I think you might have dropped the ball somewhat. But other times he would just like jot out notes and the notes would be, hey, great word. Thanks for the encouragement. Thanks for the witness. Thanks for whatever. And it wasn't flattery. It was honoring. And it goes a long way, yeah. doesn't it? You get a so, lot of mileage out of that. So, so you know, maybe just uh, take a... Take a moment this week and just ask the Lord in prayer. Lord, is there some word that you're asking me to share, you know, with my pastor this week just to encourage him and to build him up? Mindful that he's probably in need of being built up in some way, right? And that that brings me to the, the last thing on my mind. You know, I'm, I'm always thinking every time I do a wedding, I make a point pretty much always anyway, certainly in marriage prep, to say to a couple You know, you guys are going to promise to love and honor each other all the days of your life. And I always ask them, do you know what that means? And and usually they kind of look at me with this kind of perplexed look on their face, uh, especially when I talk about honoring. And they go, "Uh, (laughs) I don't know that I do because because we don't live in a culture where we hear a lot of honoring. You know, like we're we're really great at tearing down. We're not great at building up. 
Yeah, and if we if we build up, we we oftentimes do it like via negative humor, which is actually not very building up. You know, like we so with a couple, I'm always saying, when you say I'm going to honor you all the days of my life, what what you're saying, one of the things you're saying anyway, is I'm going to use the gift of speech that God gave me every single day to say something positive to you. Like, you know, I see the way you do this, and I just want to hold it up in front of you and say, I see it and I acknowledge it, and it's good, and I thank you for that. Mm. Like, that's honoring. Like, you're going to do that every day. And you know what that does, Father John? That's healing balm on the heart of the one who receives that. That's to be an agent of healing in marriage. It's an agent of healing um, in, in, in your vocation. Yeah. That's healing. Yeah, and, and, right? I, and, and I mentioned that simply because that's what that letter could be. You know, uh, mm-hmm. just an opportunity to to build up the other person. I'm I'm partial to Saint Barnabas. That's the day that I was born, June 11th, and Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement. You know, to yeah. to give heart to somebody, to right. to like like a billow is just to puff warm air. You know, the 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 love of God into another person, and we can do that by our speech. So. Maybe in this month of May, as we begin, we can just, uh, one, commit to pray for our priests. Two, ask uh, Our Lady in a special way to intercede. But then three, we can use uh, our own capacity or ask the Lord to use our capacity to to be a means by which our brothers can be built up so that they can serve us um, with um, greater zeal and ever more refreshment and a sense of knowing like we're loved, you know, like. That's right. And so they can ha- have what they need to equip us in the pews for the work of ministry so we can go out and be co-laborers for yeah. the kingdom of God. It's just not up to our brother priests. That's right. Uh, we're in all, we're in this together. Different vocations, but we're all trying to build for the kingdom. That's right. And, and on behalf of uh, all my brothers, I just want to really take a moment to honor you and Rick and Nick and Albert in a particular way who make yourselves available to pray for guys wherever we go. And uh, it's just a spectacular and beautiful thing to see. So on behalf of them, thank you. And on behalf of the way you pray with and for me, thank you. You're welcome. It's our joy, Father John's. All right. So maybe, uh, brothers, in a particular way, if any of you are listening, <laughs> just know we are standing right there with you. And uh, we are grateful for the gift of your yes. We are grateful for Uh, your perseverance. We're grateful for your getting up every day and continuing to pour yourself out for us. We love you. We thank you. And do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this.